Last sentence. <laughs> last blessing. Get your last blessing in. All right. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. That was good. So go ahead and go back to your uh, seats if you left yours. All right. So, uh, have a seat. We're going to keep going. That was good, huh? I I loved watching you. I loved watching the interaction. I hope that was good for some of you. Um, Yeah, because a lot of times, you know what happens? People will come in and go and, you know, barely say two words to anybody. And it's so much better when we can just have a connection somewhere, a heart connection. That's really a big part of, of God's plan. And, uh, yeah, I'm, we're done with that, Tina. And, Charles, if you want to switch it over, we're done with that. All right. Um, a little bit later, uh, if we had had more time, I was actually going to have you still just greet people for a while, and that table would be open. But we're kind of running out of time tonight, and uh, I mean, we have about 40 minutes to go. And so over here is a table of things that um, that Fred and Rebecca brought. Um, a lot of them are made by are they anyway there are things from Uganda over there I don't really know what they all are necklaces and bracelets and good stuff so purses and little things so later on if you're interested will you one of you be over there yeah Rebecca will be over there um I get to introduce them and and Rebecca are you going to get up and say a little something yeah okay I saw the eyebrows okay You guys have, okay, never mind. <laughs> Won't go there. Um, I, I want to introduce, uh, first, I do want to introduce Fred uh, first, even though Rebecca's going to be the first one up, just because I'm not going to reintroduce, come back up here after Rebecca's done. But I wanted to say this, that I was just reminiscing and reflecting back on even how our friendship started, and it was about eight years ago. We were in um, Harvest Valley the second time, for those of you that know the history, if you don't, don't worry about it. Um, and uh, there was uh, this this younger man, eight years younger than he is now, who was um, who was just up front, and the Lord was uh, working on his heart big time. He was pretty crushed and broken. What I had learned later is that that uh, some friends who knew, you know, his the condition of his heart just really shattered. They said, you know, you need to go to Blazing Fire. And so he came just to receive from the Lord that night. He did not come to meet me to pitch anything. In fact, he had nothing to pitch. He was, he was in a really broken place. He had this ministry, which we've all come to know and love and appreciate, wasn't even, didn't even exist yet. We just, you all and, you know, everybody just loved on him, and it was part of his healing journey. Came back the next year, and I met him some more, and I think it was two years later that he finally spoke at our church, and then the year after that I started going to Uganda took uh, several teams with me through the years, uh, been four times, and we'll be back. We'll, we're going back. Um, 
And so I just wanted to share that with you because when, when Fred comes to share, Rebecca will also um, just share a greeting. I'll, I'll, I'll mention something about her in a minute. But when Fred comes to share, I just wanted to give you that history and that context that this is now a long-term friendship and, and that because we've been there and seen what he does, we know that we know that we know this is he, they are the real deal. And they're making a huge shift in uh, Uganda, in their portion of Uganda where they live, their region. So, um, so thank you for, for coming again, and we've been having a good time with them the last day or two. Uh, Rebecca is uh, just a very um, dear and sweet uh, woman of God. And to me, uh, I just, the word I would use for her is solid. I really would. Like, she's a mama for sure. She's a, she's a big prayer intercessor warrior. Gets up, one of those that gets up at five or six in the morning when... I don't know about you, but I'm still asleep. And um, <laughs> she's up, but she's praying. And, and I just, I've, I've known them both for a long time. Their, their marriage is good, and it's solid, which is so important. That's one of the reasons why they can have such a major impact in that region. So I just wanted you, since she doesn't come very often, I wanted you to at least hear her voice and get to know Rebecca. So would you come up and bless us, Rebecca, first? I'm so happy to be here again. I'm not a visitor. I'm at home. Uh, I'm so happy to see you all. Uh, Greetings from my family, my children. They love you so much. They say hello. We talk to them. So they love you so much. Uh, I I want to thank you, Judge and pastor and your wife, the way you loved us, you have loved us so much. Uh, I don't even have words to express that, but I just want you to know that we, 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 we feel that love. Thank you for supporting us. Uh, as pastor said, we are long-time friends of yours. We love you so much. Uh, we, are, we, we, we are married for now 23 years. We are going to celebrate 25 years uh, in 2019. Uh, we were all invited. <laughs> God bless you. <laughs> she dared. <laughs> I, I remember some time back I taught you something. I hope you remember it. I said, when I say praise the Lord, you all say, Amen. ah, good students, good students. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. We are so happy and honored to be in your midst tonight. Um, words cannot fully express how we feel wherever we come. Let me tell you, when we schedule to come, Blazing fire is number one. It's like on our schedule. First Saturday in our time in the Bay Area, we end blazing fire. As Pastor said, indeed, I came here for healing, and uh, I, I, I was prayed through the tunnel. Brother Ross, uh, uh, Brother Bill, uh, Sister Michaela. They, actually, that was my first experience to be prayed through a tunnel. But I, 
actually, I didn't know what to expect, but I thank God I, I went through it and everything was left behind of me. And uh, I was so encouraged. I went back home energized. Uh, we prayed and prayed with my wife. We got this vision. We prayed all night looking for the name of this ministry and for the scripture of this ministry. We got it. And those of you who are seeing us for the first time, this is our home and this is our ministry, Celebrate Hope Ministries. Uh, today is testimony night, so I'm going to take a little bit of a journey, because for seven years, I came here when we were saying like this, God is showing us, God is telling us, God is leading us. This night, I want to tell you that God has done it, and we are going to walk, and we are going to walk from point A. To point Z. And the emphasis to that is God cannot fail to do anything, anytime, anywhere. One thing, faith. You have faith in him, you have everything done. And I also want to thank you so much for sending the teams to come and check out on us. Because they come back with, as witnesses, they come back with real testimonies real-time testimonies. So it's going to be a bit of a roller coaster because it's a long presentation, and at the same time, we have to go into the Word. But share with us the testimony of our ministry. We started it in 2009, as I said, through prayer, and, and we prayed and prayed, and we first got this word, hope, hope, hope. We said, hope house, hope journey, hope what? It was like hanging until the Lord put it on our hearts to call a ministry, Celebrate Hope Ministries, in 2009. And we sacrificed everything we had, but we thank God for our family. Our children are doing well. This church supports us. You support us, church. Every month, you support us. You, you contribute to our feeding. You contribute to the school fees of our children. You support us in ministry. And the girl to the extreme end, she resembles her mother so much. She's called Jocelyn. Jocelyn, yeah, the names are there. Jocelyn, 17. She's now going to a community college. She's doing journalism and communications. Joyce is 23 now. Joyce graduated from college. Joyce has just received an award being the best film documentary maker in Uganda. And she contested for the World Film Festival, and she was the second in the whole of Africa. So we, are, we, we were busy on the mission. We we're having a conference. So as soon as we get back home, we are going to give her a party. We'll take her to a Chinese restaurant. Joel is, is doing his fourth year at college. He's pursuing a Bachelor of Science degree in agriculture and crop science. He's going to finish next year. And Jotham, he's 12 is the king of the house, is the sixth grade. And my wife is there, I'm there. We are happy, we love Jesus. This, this picture is two months old, so that's how we look like. Okay, let's start moving now. The ministry we are talking about, we, we, we work through pastors. We pastors are the gateway to transformation and change. And you are working through a, a, a formula, one plus one plus one 
times Jesus equals a transformed community. Let me tell you, I failed math in high school, completely, F, completely. But there was a kingdom formula which God gave us, and we started implementing it, one, through a pastor. Get a local pastor, transform him, work with him. And when we work with him, he'll bring along his congregation, and that congregation will identify that family in need. And when you transform them, the community, I guarantee you, will be transformed. And we do that work through conferences and training and, you know, pouring our lives in the lives of the pastors and making sure that they are changed, they are transformed, and they go ahead to effect their, their churches. 260 pastors are trained now. This translates to 260 congregations, and we've touched base with 260 villages. And in those, we find children in need, women in need, families in need, building communities, evangelism, revival meetings. We, we, you see our tent down there. That's where Pastor uh, Todd and, uh, and uh, Pastor Brent and the rest of the team coming. That tent can now sit 800 people. We've extended it to put a new sound system. How many kids did we have this day? 500 kids, 500 children, young people coming for, come for a whole week. Thank you for sending Pastor Todd and team. You guys, you, you, you are the best. You are the best. Thank you so much. So we do that work, and that work is still going on. Our conferences are going on. May, the youth are going to be back. August, the pastors are going to be back. December, the professionals, Kingdom Builders Conference is going to be on. But this year, the Lord is calling me to do something more. I want to bring back all the pastors of trend, and I want to pour out to them. And after being retrained, I want to impact them and release them and give them direction to minister. So next time is going to be also very exciting. Our schools are going on. We have three Christian good schools. And um, this school down here, the high school is where we have our youth conventions. And uh, we are supporting the community through schools. At the same time, we get teams coming to do outreach programs and this time around, we, we, we are doing medical camps. And this year alone, we treated 1,699 in one uh, medical camp. How do we organize our medical camps? Thank you. When we put up a tent, we put in rooms, kind of like imaginary rooms. We put beds, we get doctors. And now when everything is said, we have one tent separate. Whoever comes to receive treatment first receives the gospel. So we wait until there are 50 people in the, in the waiting room, in the waiting tent. Then we, we share the gospel with them. After that, then they are lined up to see the doctor and to get medication. As soon as they've received medicine, they go through a prayer tunnel. I learned from this church. <laughs> so we have prayer warriors at the medical camp, literally, Sitting on this side like this, like this, we have like six people, and you get your, from seeing the doctor, your aspirins or what, we believe that prayer has to go along with it. So you go through that tunnel, then go back home in the name of Jesus. I learned that from this church, and I know it works. It's powerful. And we've seen people coming to the Lord through our medical camps. And this year alone, the church where we did this work from grew by 20 people as they received Jesus and came back to church. We don't know what is happening to the others where they went. 
We are also involved in developing, giving people glasses. We believe in miracles. But personally, I haven't received that miracle of not using glasses. I'm yet to receive it. But it took me a month to get my pair of glasses. And we have a challenge with the children in Iraqi and people. So we are putting up an optical center, an optical school, where people can come and get cheap glasses so that they can be able to start a new life. I, I was failing college because I could not get a pair of specs in Uganda. Those are several years ago, and still the problem is on. Okay, now those are a few things in the community, but this is another thing. I want to introduce to you that last year you had, we had an earthquake. This church donated towards the earthquake. You gave, and faithfully the administrator, I don't know the administrator of this church. Anyway, anyway the funds came. <laughs> I'm, I'm, now, I'm now on her. Funds came, and we started reconstructing homes of those families whose homes were flattened. And uh, you can imagine an earthquake hitting you and having that kind of a house. You're already desperate, not even having a, a proper place to stay, and the earthquake hits you. So by God's grace, we've been able to construct 12 homes, resettling those families back onto their um, properties, and we've constructed churches which were destroyed and done several other interventions. So we thank you for your support. But at the same time, we are involved in resettling um, widows and, and, and children by constructing new homes. So we have now constructed 40 homes since this program started. And it cost us $5,500. It can be a mission group, mission team kind of project. We raise it, you come, we construct a house, you leave these people in their homes, and then you come back home. Um, our child sponsorship program is running very well. Uh, I thank you, those of you who are here and you are sponsoring children. We are working hard. We still follow our method of work, the sponsor, the family, and the child. So when the sponsor sponsors a child, those of you who are hearing about our program for the first time, we are probably the first ministry we've ever interfaced saying invest in us so that we can feed ourselves tomorrow. And that's how our sponsorship program is laid out. You sponsor a child for only six years. We start a coffee farm for them, and they get off the program, and they keep going. We've been able to sponsor uh, 532 children now. 532, it means it translates to 532 families. We are also exiting children, those who have come to six years, they have a coffee farm, they are attached to the local church, now we release them and we start other families. I believe we cannot keep people with their hands stretched out all the time. I believe people can work for themselves. So every, every support you give us, I was telling Pastor and my sister Suzanne that I'm no longer raising support. I'm raising investment. Invest in us. We'll, we'll figure out the future. We'll figure out the future. So we are exiting 12 children. We are, the program is still going on. Those of you who are supporting children, I think you receive um, letters and all that. 
and also the children's camps, spiritual formation for the children. And we now have a children's choir. We started the children's choir last, um, a few years ago. Uh, last year, the, ch- uh, the children toured Europe. And um, Pastor Brent was there with other good pastors of ours. Pastor Pam, they saw the children, and Pastor Pam was like, they have to come to the United States. So now, as we speak, next year, our children choir of the children sponsored through our work and only sponsored by the people of the United States are coming to visit. So maybe Pastor Todd, you work with them in music and stuff like that. So I hope we'll have the choir here in church. And then because they are, they are part of your story. Actually, our tour is called My Story. My Story. And the children will be telling the stories of where they were found as they came on the program. Now we're going to sustainability. Teach a man to fish and he'll feed himself the rest of his life. That's the whole meaning of that work we are doing in our sustainability program. That is the coffee growing. But I want to take you through a journey. We start with the pastor, you remember? The pastor trains the people as a cooperative, and pastor being the farmer number one. Then the farmers are equipped. The farmers are given the seedlings. The farmers plant their coffee. The farmers harvest their coffee, and the coffee is ready for sale. In 2010, when you prayed for me, I had only seven families on this program. And by faith, we received encouraging words of prophecy from this church. I'm glad to report to you, church, tonight that now we've been able to develop and emancipate 2,003 families. And we have planted over a million trees of coffee. So work is going on with the 260 churches and 260 pastors. And another thing, another milestone, I came to this church three years ago, and I remember my sister Suzanne was rallying you guys saying, let us participate and do something. We were looking for a coffee factory, a processing unit, to, so that we process our coffee and we cut out middlemen. This church was the first to donate into that fund. You donated over $9,500. And by faith, we kept going and believing God. And for sure, God somehow stopped it. So the money was sitting there. I started feeling shy. Every other time I meet with Pastor Brent, I was always telling him, tell the church, the money is, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't waste the money. The money is there, but I don't know what's happening. But by God's grace, last year, November, two people visited us, paid all the $70,000. The machine is now working. (laughs) And not only that, we receive coffee from the farmers, we process coffee, we bulk the coffee, and we put the coffee on our truck. We go to the machine, and we go to the truck at the same time. And that truck is not only... you holding coffee, but also we use it for evangelism, putting on our tent, mattresses and chairs and sound system and our water and our sleeping bags and our and we go in the community and preach Jesus and then we declare the kingdom of God. The king. It's good coffee. Yes, yes, he brought so much of it. In June, before we go to the machine, uh, we were using a nearby small factory. We only managed to process 1.3 tons of coffee. 
in three weeks' time after commissioning the factory, we processed over 50 tons of coffee, which means that people are believing in our system, people are believing in our, in our story, and they're knowing we were hit with drought, but now we are doing drought, water harvesting on, uh, in the farm. I don't know whether blazing fire you are being surprised, but let me tell you, you are doing a phenomenal job, and you have a mission in Africa, which is changing people's lives. We want now to be roasting our coffee. We have our coffee actually roasted. Let me, let me show what it looks like, because somehow. This is the best coffee in Uganda. And if you want it here in the United States, see me. <laughs> uh, we are now, since we have our coffee machine, we can grade our coffee, we can roast our coffee. And now we are trusting God to buy ourselves a roaster so that we, instead of taking somebody else to roast for us, we want to roast it ourselves, and then we package it. It's called Hope Coffee Uganda. This is a brand. My friend, can you have this? There you are. The story begins from poverty. The story ends to freedom. The story begins with the pastor, him being in poverty and his family. The story ends with the pastor being able to come to the bank with the drummer and take his son to school. And that's how we developed, and that's the vision the Lord gave us. My brothers, my sisters, we opened our bank, the first bank of our coffee farmers. When the farmers sell the coffee, they bring in the bank. But you see that man there. He's a Muslim. This man, we are interfaced with all Muslims in our community, and we are preaching Christ to them. And they're now working with us. We asked them, why do you come? They said, we come because of love. And that, that man is a coffee farmer. We visited him with the pastor, and he saw his farm. And now this man, what he's having in this hand is money. It's money. So we are poor in Africa, in Iraqi, not because we should, but some people don't outsave the little they get. So with this bank, we believe that people's lives will be changed for good. And we are still winning. Our coffee has been ranked the second time as the best Coffee in Uganda. And not only that, we won a big award. You know, there are many farmer organizations in Uganda, coffee so and so, coffee so and so. But a Christian organization like ours is the first of its kind. And last year, when we were, during the Coffee Farmers Festival in November, we were the only organization given that trophy as the most organized coffee farmers and moreover Christian organization. And we thank God for that testimony. Yes, yes. So, thank you, Blazing Fire. Thank you for being there for us. Thank you for standing with us. Thank you for praying with us. Thank you for all you've done for us. Thank you for your love. We still have families to support. I still have some some children with me needing sponsorship. If you are willing and if you want to sponsor a child, you can visit our table there. We can do something.
in six years, they'll have their farm and they'll be self-reliant. Two, pray with us. We are still raising some money to build um, a coffee husk retainer. Um, so when they remove the husks, where the husks go. But at the same time, pray for us. We, we incurred, there was some, some kind of miscalculations with the contractors, especially the guy who developed the power line. We still have some debt to clear, but we are moving forward. We are moving forward. We are going to want to put a, a, a retainer um, to, to capture all the husks so that we are environmentally friendly. Thank you, friends. Thank you for your everything. Friend, as uh, I don't know about you, but this just you know brings tears to our eyes. Just, how, just anyway, we're so proud, so proud. And um, and he, this is a man of great vision, which means he keeps going after the next thing. There's, there's, this is not going to end here. I hope you know that. <laughs> this has all happened relatively very quickly. Um, we want to take an offering. Um, and, and so, as I said before, uh, give with joy in your heart. Like, whatever you choose to give, do it with joy in your heart. And uh, if you want to write a check, it's to Blazing Fire Church, not to, not to Celebrate Hope. Uh, going towards a coffee roaster, going towards uh, some of what they've already invested in the machine that you just saw, just a little bit to pay off of it still, but they're pretty darn close to finishing that off. Um, so if you uh, need a credit card slip or uh, anything, cash, raise your hand. Uh, if you, anything that right now is given, like if, if you just put cash in, it's all given, it's all going to them. It's not going to Blazing Fire, okay? So um, anyone else need a... Slip, raise your hand. Okay. And uh, while we're doing that, and while I give, just give you a minute, let's just pray. And if you could just lay hand on Rebecca too, and we'll, or yeah, come up here, Rebecca. Let's come on up here. Let's just let's just bless you right now. Yeah, we'll just bless you. So as we're as you're getting ready, we're just gonna bless them. And so, Father, we thank you for your faithfulness. God, thank you for your faithfulness to Fred and Rebecca and their children. Thank you, God. Um, that you, you have blessed and blessed and blessed them. And, and God, through your blessings, you've asked them, would you, with all I have blessed you with, would you bless the, the people of your nation and the people of your region, Rakai? And uh, God, their hearts, they said yes. Just, just like tonight, Bill was encouraging us all again through, through your leading to say yes to Jesus. They have said yes over and over and over again. H- had all kinds of reasons why they could have just thrown in the towel, but Lord, you kept them strong. You, you kept them strong. So thank you, God. Keep them faithful. Keep them strong. Give Fred and Rebecca and their team more and more vision. And Father, thank you for the provision that is not just coming from this church. It's coming from many churches in this uh, Bay Area, in other states, and in other countries. Because more and more people are starting to realize that this dream is real. That, um, this, that when they're given the money, it's going towards, what, towards the uh, transformation that Fred talks about, that it's real. So God, bless them and take whatever the offerings we have and the, and the others that they uh, get, uh, receive as they're here uh, in the States. And Father, would you multiply it and just cause it, give them wisdom to know how best to spend this money, but, but multiply it, God. Let this just continue to, to uh, change the lives of, of multitudes of people in Uganda. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So we'll go ahead and take the offering, and I'm going to do this. I'm going to ask, uh, I'm pretty sure it'll be okay, but parents, we're going to ask if they're cool with like 15 extra minutes, which would be 845. 
And if so, that gives Fred about 25 more minutes to preach, brother. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you, my friend. Um, Like as the pastor said, and uh, indeed, it's a journey. We have worked together with you guys and um, for all you have been to us. But over years, I've learned something. I've learned something called fellowship. Fellowship. Fellowship means oneness, hand in hand, uninterrupted smile. Uninterrupted conversation, uninterrupted feeling, uninterrupted sharing. Someone says we are in fellowship. It means that everything between these two people goes on well. When they talk, they talk well. When they pray, they pray well. When they sing, they sing well. And not only that, they do it together. There's oneness. And the Bible, this, uh, rather the, the word this evening I want to bring us is fellowship for change. We are not going to fellowship for the sake of it. We are going to fellowship with the purpose of change. When I fellowship with you, when I touch you, when I speak with you, when I worship with you, when I stand with you, when I hug you, when I laugh with you, whatever I do with you in fellowship must bring change in my life, must bring change in my faith, must bring change in my spirit, must bring change in everything I do because fellowship is togetherness. So since we become we became members of this church, and the fellowship we've had with you has brought a tremendous change in our lives. It has brought tremendous change in the communities where we serve. It has brought tremendous change in our faith because we fellowship and come and connect with the people with the right hearts. Fellowship goes with the right heart. Fellowship is intentional. You have to go in it knowing that I'm reaping this. Fellowship is purposed. Fellowship must have a direction. Must have a must take me somewhere. You hold my hand in fellowship to take me from point A and you take me to point Z. Fellowship might, must bring about results. We don't have too much time. I can go fellowship and fellowship and fellowship and fellowship. Let's open our Bibles. First Corinthians. First Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 9. Just begin with that scripture. Such a beautiful scripture. I love it. This is what scripture says. First Corinthians 1 9. God is Faithful. God is faithful by who you by whom you are called into the fellowship of his son. Who is that son? Jesus Christ, and who is Jesus Christ, our Lord? Our God is faithful. 
And for us to see his faithfulness is going to be through fellowship with who? With his son. And his son, our Lord Jesus Christ, is going to reveal and bring and do and fulfill and uprise and, and wrap us within the faithfulness of God. And the faithfulness of God comes with the multiplicity of things. Healing, touching, joy, peace, patience, everything you can think of. But we are going to only experience, experience that when... We are in fellowship with our Lord Jesus Christ. That's one of the hardest things ever. I like what um, our brother Bill, the professor, the Lord revealed on his heart. It's like, receive. Just open. Be in fellowship. You cannot receive and take what you don't like. You can't. I remember one time that, uh, an organization came and realized that we, we are in poverty. And they wanted to, to start a poverty alleviation program. And that program was silkworm farming. And now my mother fears caterpillars like hell. <laughs> so when they, they introduced it, they told us to plant certain kind of trees and plants to feed the caterpillars. My mother was like, I'm out of this. <laughs> she could not take it. So there was no fellowship. You know, fellowship means you have what you have, I have what I have, and I'll take what you have, and you take what I have. What does Jesus have for us to take to be in the presence of God and for us to experience his faithfulness? What is it that God is challenging us with tonight? That you need my son to be in fellowship with him for you to see my faithfulness. What is it that Jesus has? That I need it and I'll go for it and I'll die for it and I'll speak it. I'll stand by it until he takes me where the faithfulness of God is. Faithfulness. And fellowship. And whatever is in fellowship, it is give and take. Encouragement, support, prayer. That's why Hebrews challenges us that brothers and sisters never neglect, never give up, never even dare think about forsaking, fellowshipping together. Never, it shouldn't even cross your minds. Fellowship is paramount. Now, this is fellowship now between me and my creator. Because when I fellowship with Jesus, I come closer to my God, the Father, my loving Father. I was telling pastor the other day, the books, we've run out of the books. Because we do lots of conventions. And wherever we go, we carry his book. And we have excerpts. We, you know, you, you tell them, we have a book here. It talks about the loving father. And you know what? Go to page 10 and you read it. You go to page 20 and you read. Go to page 35 and people will give it to me. <laughs> give it to me. My father got both copies. My, you know, my father is, is a funny guy. He's an interesting. He's a long time student. 
So he knows some English. So one time he says, give me the English one. So he gave him the English one. After reading, he said, okay, now give me the Luganda one. Hey, what do you mean? He has beaten them up. He has read them all. But this book is talking about the love of the Father. The love of the Father comes out of the faithfulness of our Father. And for us to tap into the faithfulness of our Father, we must have, be in fellowship with our Lord Jesus Christ. First things first. Jesus first. Then get to the Father. Simple. Simple math. That one I could not fail in high school. Love Jesus. Be in fellowship with Jesus then Jesus will take you to the Father. And that's what we've experienced. Just want us quickly run into another scripture, which is also very, very interesting. And I love Acts chapter 2, verse 44 to verse 47. And when I read about this, now I'm going to talk about fellowship between us and others. People are hurting out there. And that's why we are in Rakai. When pastor came his second time, he said, you know what, Fred? We must break the spirit of AIDS. Because this is where AIDS started from in Uganda. I remember when I was in high school, we, you could not easily say and tell people that you come from Rakai. People would think that you, ha you, are, you are HIV infected. People thought that just breathing like this, you would pass it on to the other. People discriminated us because we come from Rakai. It was so funny that the Lord told us, go back to Rakai. We had run out of Rakai. Our church had helped us to get out of that place. But the calling was so vivid and strong that we had to go back. And we went back to Rakai. And we thank God we went back home. Because this is what the Bible says. Uh, Acts 2.44. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. They were selling their possessions and belongings and disputing the proceeds to all. As any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God for having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to their numbers day by day those who were being saved. Okay. Day by day. Why was God adding believers to the church day by day? Number one, the believers met every day. And together they came up with something that we must step out. I'm, I'm now setting ourselves into the eyes of missions and serving those next to us. Day by day, people got saved. Those who are materially poor. When we talk about poverty, we talk about seven levels of poverty. Seven levels of poverty. People who are materially poor. I got to learn recently that we have people who are materially poor also in this country. The homeless. 
People are sleeping. Now, where is the fellowship? As we fellowship here in the church, how can we extend our fellowship and minister to those who are materially poor? There's another level of poverty. Physical weakness can lead to poverty, sicknesses. And we pray in the name of Jesus that people will be well and safe and healed of any disease and infirmity. It all starts in fellowship. When faith raises in fellowship, then we go in Jesus' name. We encourage one another to go. And we deal with those issues in the community. There's another level of poverty, isolation. When you are isolated, when you don't have friends. Some people come to church and they don't have friends. Have you ever noticed that? Walk in church and walk out immediately. And you know, your, your society is far different from our society. Your society is, 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 is your car, your job, your space. You get near your house, you kick a button, the, gate, the, the garage doors up, you enter. You press it. Some, some people have it loose. Some people have it near the, the driving mirrors. Some people have it anywhere. Some people even have it in their eyes. They look at their gates and they, oh, no, I'm kidding. But uh, maybe. And people get isolated like that. How can we come up with fellows? And isolation can bring about poverty. Someone might lose a job today and there's an opening because he's isolated. He may not know that there's an opportunity for me to go and seize. There's another level of poverty, vulnerability. Vulnerability brings about poverty. Vulnerable in the spirit. Marriage breakdown. Relationships hurting. Many things people go through and they're vulnerable. He's looking at this, he's looking at the other. And because of that, he goes like he resigns in life. And when we talk about poverty because of vulnerability, it can also be spiritual poverty. When someone cannot even spend a minute to seek on God. So fellowship, as we meet day to day, every day together, we must know and we must believe as a church that there are people who are vulnerable. And there are people who are powerless as another level of poverty. I give you an example um, as I'm about to conclude, my friends. We were attending a function. We were given chairs back in a village in Iraq. This guy walked. He came. And we had free seats. I beckoned him to come and sit with us because there were no other seats but a few seats where we were seated as pastors. This guy refused this guy literally refused to sit. I said, no, come. This chair is okay. It's free. Come. He said, no. So what he did, he went, he cut a banana leaf, he put it down, and he sat on the floor. Powerlessness. Powerlessness can cause poverty can bring about speech of poverty. When someone thinks, I cannot sing a song in church, when someone thinks I cannot be hard when I speak, I'm powerless. Fellowship will develop us. Fellowship will encourage us. Fellowship will bring every meaning that we are fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of God. That is fellowship. 
So fellowship between me and my Savior, leading me to the Father, but also fellowship for me to encourage my brother and my sister. Another level of poverty, attitudinal defeatism. I can never be like this in my life. My father, when he went to buy a bicycle one day, he bought an old bicycle. That is the best he had ever done. Because the one he had, he had inherited it from his father. And on his way home, it broke down. So before the bicycle got home, it first went to the shop to be, to be repaired. And that is the best my father had ever done. If I had carried that kind of attitude, I wouldn't be what I am today. But my attitude, when I saw the poverty I grew up in, I said, enough is enough. I will not be like this. I'm going to stand. I'm going to prevail over every situation because it's the word of God. It's the word of God for my life. It's the word of God for me. So then when I started like that, my attitude changed. And I broke every poverty thought in my life. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Attitudinal defeatism is terrible. It affects the rich. It affects the poor. This attitude thing is so bad. So much that it can ruin someone's future. The wrong attitude. Wrong meanings. Wrong interpretations. Wrong, wrong, everything wrong. Some people see everything wrong in their lives. Did you see what he did? Did you see how he talked to me? Did you see how actually when I approached? Attitude. You know the reason why pastor is not coming to me is because attitude. But the Bible says together. They were doing things together. They were praying together. They were selling together. They were eating together. They were jumping together. And when that happened, they overcame another level of poverty, which was spiritual poverty. How? Because people began to be saved in the name of Jesus. Breaking loose from the devil and coming into the kingdom. Fellowship brought people in the kingdom. So material poverty, physical poverty, isolation, vulnerability, powerlessness, attitudinal poverty were all answered by one level of breakthrough, spiritual breakthrough in the name of Jesus. And when people became saved and they settled in church, the church grew. The church grew. People got freedom. People got freedom. People started seeing the love of their father. People started experiencing God. This is the same thing we pray right now in the name of Jesus. That as we break through and we come in fellowship, first with our Lord Jesus Christ, leading us to the Father, and fellowship amongst ourselves, we are going to break through together as a church. And we are going to win. And we are going to win. I am not alone. I'm going to go with my brother in the name of Jesus. Fellowship for change. Fellowship for change. Be blessed, beloved. May the Lord bless you so much. Let us pray in that line of fellowship. Fellowship for change. Fellowship for change. Father, Lord God, we come before you tonight. Because today, 
we want to fellowship first with you. And as we fellowship with you, we fellowship with you for change. I fellowship with you for change, to change me and to bring me closer to my God, my Father, my loving Father, my Papa in heaven. And as I fellowship my fellow church members, we bring about change in many lives. Use these words today, this evening, Lord. That you cause us to be a church. Fellowshipping. For healing. For encouragement. For building. For blessing. For praising. For winning. For bringing many to the kingdom. Jesus. Amen. Amen, amen. That was good. Thank you, Pastor. I uh, just, Pastor Fred and I have talked about this before, but we, we have sometimes in languages, we've got words, word meanings. So when he uses the word vulnerable, I just want to make sure, because we talk about how good vulnerability is here, you know, about letting people see the real you. So he's using the word vulnerable, meaning uh, basically weakness and where situations are, are uh, really hard. And so it makes you vulnerable to things that you wouldn't normally be vulnerable to. Does that make sense? I just wanted to define that uh, because we use that so much here as a positive thing. Like when we're vulnerable, it's good uh, when we're real with each other. Um, this is what I would like to do tonight. And I, I don't, you know, I didn't, anyway, I didn't talk to prayer teams, anything, but I, I wanted to, uh, because Pastor Fred has said a couple times about the, the, the tunnel, I'm like, earlier I'm like, we got to do a tunnel tonight. But I'm like, well, maybe that's just me. But when he started talking about uh, about poverty and about what we, we need to leave behind. I thought, oh, this is perfect. And uh, just so, so I want you just to think about the different places, the things that just spoke to you about whether it's, you know, the attitudinal like uh, victim kind of thing or, I mean, there were so many, you'd almost need to say them again. Come here and say them one more time. Say them one more time. The, the, the levels of poverty, just so they know. Like, in other words, you're thinking what? We're going to pray, and I'm going to have some of you come forward to be part of this tunnel. But what are you saying, Lord, I, I need? Here we talked about the new year, leaving old things behind. What do you need to leave behind in this next season? Seven levels of poverty. Material poverty. Physical weakness leading to poverty. Isolation and lack of relationships leading to poverty. Vulnerability. Losing things one after the other. Things seem to be coming your way like they've never come before. Powerlessness. I don't have a voice. I can't even speak in my family. Nobody listens to me. Even at my place of work, I'm the only one marginalized. The rest are favored. My attitude, attitudinal defeatism. I can't be this. I can't reach here. I'll never rise to this level. That leads to poverty. And above all, spiritual poverty, getting close to our Lord Jesus Christ and breaking through for eternity. Amen. So good. Stay up here. Rebecca, go ahead and go over to the table. And, um, and just to mess you guys up, since we always go this way, we're going to go this way tonight. And the reason why is so that we keep that clear, so that if you want to go and look at the table or remember that the sponsored children, we've sponsored uh, Jovia for three years, something like that. 
Love it, love it, love it. I got to meet her a couple times. She's a sweetheart. And everything they're saying they're doing, they are doing. With the families, with the coffee farms, with the education. So if you're thinking about that, they have some of those over there, some children that you could actually choose if you wanted to sponsor. And again, it's six years. If you're thinking, well, I don't know if I could do it for six years. Uh, actually, if you think you can do it, um, you know, make the best commitments you can. If something in life comes up, they always they can work with you. You know, if for some reason you can't keep the commitment. But the idea is, in six years' time, you will totally change an entire family uh, through through the support of that child. So, um, I would like to ask if you've been on uh, Uganda mission trips. I want you up here, um, even if you weren't on ours. But if you, but just come on up here, and uh, el- elders for sure. You. You were on Uganda mission. What are you doing sitting there? <laughs> Let me, let's see who we have. Um, cool. Um, and, and, uh, and you guys can be ready with some music, right, Tina? Something for us? Um, yeah, we need a few others up here. So, so um, maybe, maybe some of the prayer teams, if you were on and you want to come up and join us, that'd be awesome. All right? And then, and then we can also go through it, too. At the end, we can peel in and go through it ourselves. And um, once again, as you're coming through, it's both, I, 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 I mean, Matt set it up earlier too. It's about, it's, breakthrough is not, Jesus is not just breakthrough. He's, he's our reward. That's what Matt was talking about, right? And so we're just choosing, but we still have choices. We're choosing, I want to let some things go because I want the more. I want the deeper place with Jesus, all right? So we're just going to bless you as you come through and trust. And right now I'm asking God, this is, thank you that this is not just like a cool idea, like things happen. Here's a man standing here who went through a tunnel eight years ago when it was dramatically changed. And so, Father, thank you that there are angels present, and most of all, you are present. Your spirit is right here. So we're asking you, God, make this, make this a tunnel where, there, where we're coming in one way, and you're doing some work in our hearts, and we're going to come out the other way different in Jesus' name. Amen. So come on this way through. Go ahead and start some music and the table's over there. Oh, and parents, uh, get your children and bring them through the tunnel with you, please.